0: Eric, are you are you willing to serve the church? A song, three to five short verses and testimonies of love for Christ. Another song, "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," "Joy to the World." Our two requests to be on the list. Okay, I get to start. Um, you know mine, but I, I don't. I don't care if you know them. Haggai chapter 2. Let's fill this house with glory in the next couple of minutes. Haggai chapter 2. Remember the situation. Zerubbabel has come back from Babylon. They're rebuilding the temple. Solomon's temple has been destroyed. And they're building a small, little, insignificant temple compared to his beautiful exceedingly magnificent temple, and they were discouraged by the fact that they weren't going to be able to make it very impressive to the eyes. And the Lord came in Haggai chapter 2, verse 6, "'For thus saith the Lord of hosts, "'Zerubbabel, don't you be discouraged,' "'verse 4, you be strong. "'For thus saith the Lord of hosts,' "'in verse 6, "'yet once it is a little while, "'and I will shake the heavens and the earth "'and the sea and the dry land.'" There is going to be an earth-shattering event. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts." He filled that temple of Zerubbabel with greater glory than Solomon's ever had because the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth was in that temple as an infant, as a 12-year-old, all the way until he left it and said, Your house is left unto you desolate. He filled that house with greater glory, and in that place he made peace by the blood of his cross for us when the veil of that temple was rent. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's fill this house with some glory for him and you've got 65 minutes to do so. Amen. Matthew, Bryant, oh. You guys all want to make me happy. That I say Matthew Eastland, Bryant Cutler, Matthew Jones,
1: Jerry Evans. I was not going to wait to be less than first today. I am too excited. I've got two for you. I'm going to go really fast. Um, From a hymn that we're going to sing in just a little bit, but I'm excited about some of the words that as soon as the hymn was mentioned, these were the words that came to mind. From Joy to the World, verse 3. Well, first, let's start with a little bit of verse 2. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Yes. The Savior reigns. Verse 3. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. That's what's taking place in our world even today, even as things seem to fall apart. He is showing the glories of His righteousness and the wonders of His love. And then, if you would, if you'd like to, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and a couple of verses that... While the implication and the meaning of these verses is talking about the resurrection and the truth thereof, we need to see Christ in it, and we need to see the glories that they give him. Starting in verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 15, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For Since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he hath put Shall have put away or put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign Amen. till he hath put all enemies under his feet. Amen. The last, last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Amen. That's our Christ. Yes. You're
2: already where I was going. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians chapter 15, but I'm going to go to the end. The verse that he just finished with. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Is a great introduction to start with verse 52.
0: Yes.
2: The, uh, the pastor mentioned in the first service about talking about the streets of gold and being excited to get to heaven for the streets of gold. We are excited to see the Lord and to get new bodies that are not corruptible so that we can worship Him perfectly
3: yes.
2: forever. Yes.
4: please turn to John 6 quickly with me. John 6. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's not the verse. I like that one. though. only verse in the Bible that doesn't have a verb. I love it. Tell you about Jesus Christ, the conquering King, Jesus, who is not a loser. Tristan, wherever you are, I loved your testimony yesterday and the zeal that young men can have when they meet the true Lord Jesus Christ is, is just, has blown me away for so many years. It, I was there at one point in my life and it, it really provoked me to have a real king that, a masculine God that accomplishes what he wants to accomplish. Yes. I, he is not a loser. That may sound trite, but let me tell you about Jesus Christ. All that the Father giveth me, I mean, I'm sorry, verse 37. All that the Father giveth me, shall come to me. Any questions? And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Amen. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me. That of all he hath given, which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Right? we shall be changed. Who do you think is going to do that changing? Amen. Amen. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. Jesus is not a loser. I, that simple little concept, you know, the Arminians have bumper stickles, glorious Jesus saves, but we believe it. And I don't want to be, I don't want to run down Arminians in glory and our knowledge, but this is my Jesus. He is a winner. He is a king and he did what he came to do. He had a specific mission to lay down his life for the sheep. And he did, and then he got back up and said, It is finished. Well, he said it was finished, then he got back up. (laughs) Praise the Lord.
5: Turn to Romans 5. I'm going to leave Revelation 5 alone this morning. As bad as I, as hard as it is. Um, This kind of plays off of exactly what Matthew was saying about the Lord being like, "I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything, there was no doubt. He was a king. He's a conquering king. He is glorious. He didn't almost save us. He didn't barely save us. As Hebrews says, he saved us to the uttermost. Yeah. And very familiar verses, but I'm going to start at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Right. Amen. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. And this is my favorite right here. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Amen. Not a little bit. wasn't any doubt about it. He didn't barely save us. It wasn't a question. Much more. Yes. That the sin hath reigned unto death. Even so, might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm thankful to serve a Savior that does everything that He does perfectly, without doubt, and there is no doubt going on what Matthew was saying, and that He conquered death and all these things were our other two brothers were talking about and He did it. He, he abounded in it. Yes. And I'm thankful to serve the Lord. And 2 Corinthians 5 tells us that that same Jesus, the most unfair transaction in the history of the world, 2 Corinthians 5 the last, oh, I can't remember it's that. But anyway, the end of 2 Corinthians 5 says, He who knew no sin became righteousness for us. Amen. Became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God Amen. through Him. Yes. Are you kidding me? And having said that, I don't, we don't have to do this, but Eric, if you can stick it in there, I would love to sing whenever you get a chance, It Is Well With My Soul. Yes. Because, and I'm just going to read this verse and I'm going to get down. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. Is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, oh, my soul. My sin, not in part, but the whole.
6: Good, thank you. Burgundy Hymn Books, 118. 118. Let's sing along with the angels and let's glorify him. Number 118. Sorry, I got that a little high. Turn to Hebrews 2, if you will. Privilege of the pulpit once more. (laughs) As others in here, I love the book of Hebrews. uh, Hebrews 2, starting at verse 7. We read of Greeks earlier that wanted to see Jesus. Paul explains from Psalm 8 that we get to see Jesus presented plainly and beautifully in the pages of Scripture. Verse 7, thou madest him a little lower. I'm sorry, verse 6. What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. This is one of the one-word arguments that Titus is in charge of, the word all. Paul picks on the fact from Psalm 8 that they didn't clearly understand that scripture because it couldn't apply to all men in general because of the word all. For in that He put all in subjection under Him, He left nothing that is not put under Him. Right? But now we see not yet all things put under Him. But we see Jesus. The perfect fulfillment of Psalm 8 explained by Paul in the New Testament. Here is the Word of God made flesh. We can see Him and He's sharp and quick. And He's powerful. And He's sharp than any two-edged sword. And we get to see Him. You know, there's a lot of people that don't care and don't want to see him. They don't get to. There's some people, like the Greeks, that wanted to see him, and perhaps David that could see parts of him could not see all of him. But we see Jesus because that which is perfect is come. And we can see him face to face. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor. We can see him today, crowned with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him For whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons, that's us, unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. I am thankful to see a perfect Savior.
0: Amen. Amen.
6: Newell, Jim, Dave, Stephen, and then we'll get some of these over here, okay?
7: I won't turn you to John chapter 20 and verse 16 for one word, Mary. We've read a lot of verses that talk about Jesus Christ in a very good and abstract way. I like some of the particular examples of God's love. He called Mary. Yes. What I will turn you to is John chapter 9. A good theological argument. Who sinned, this blind man or his parents? Can God take a theological argument and turn it into a personal application? Amen. Amen. When all the argument is done, and it's a wonderful argument of a child of God that had his his heart changed and is defending his Lord and Savior, that's wonderful enough. But turn down to verse 35. And when it tells us, Jesus heard. Jesus heard. He takes attention to us, brethren, in the circumstances of our life. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, Jesus went to find him. Amen. When Jesus had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him.
8: Amen
7: the Lord personally came to him and comforted him. This man had just stood for the Lord. He had just testified for him and he for his his efforts and for his zeal, he got thrown out. He got kicked out of the Jewish assembly because of that. Could have been the lowest part of his life. That's when Jesus Christ came to him. That's when Jesus Christ sought him out to find him. And to reveal Himself to Him. Just like He personally, He doesn't just save the sheep, He personally comes and speaks to every one of us to give us life. And brethren, we have been blessed. We're in a congregation where He has come to each and every one of us and revealed Himself through His Word to us.
8: I know why the Lord moved our pastor to change this service, the second service to do this. It was for me. But it wasn't for me; it was for him and for his glory. And I've got a, a verse that Brother Jonathan used this morning in our in his um, excellent sermon on the Son of God, and it was First John five. And it wasn't my favorite verse in in that chapter that he used, but two before it, and that's and that's First John five instead of seven, which I've always loved because of the fact that we can prove our Bibles true and we can prove who the Word of God is. Right. But First John five says, "Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God." In John, I think it's sixteen thirty-three, right, Brother Paul, from our earlier conversation, not Corinthians. First John, I mean uh, John six, I believe it is where uh, Jesus says that we shouldn't be afraid because he has overcome the world.
1: Yes, right.
8: And what you said this morning, brother, about this verse, we can overcome the world. Yes. And and that doesn't mean, you know, maybe that doesn't mean anything uh, like it meant to me this morning. The reason it meant something to me this morning and the reason I know why the Lord has done this is because of Psalm 45, which I started my date morning and have a date night uh, with the Lord. I had a date morning um, with the Lord Jesus Christ this morning and it was in Psalm 45 because I've loved this psalm because my pastor said it was his favorite psalm. I'm not a synchophant. I know who the Lord sent to preach to me, and so I love Psalm 45. But if I turn the page after I get done reading about Psalm 45 and wonder about this king that that seems to love me, then I find Psalm 51 and remind myself of what it is that I deserve, and yet the Lord has given me Psalm 40, uh, 51 that I can actually have that relationship with Him described in Psalm 45. Yes. I'm spotted by the world. I have been so spotted by the world. When Psalm 101 was preached last week and, and the week before that, I looked at it in disbelief. I don't understand how David could possibly mean all those things that he said in Psalm 101. How can I possibly do what it says in Psalm 101. How can I follow my pastor's counsel to own that chapter, to own that psalm, and live that life? Because verse 10 in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. How can he do that? I know he's already done it by faith. I know by faith that he's already done it. But He has overcome the world, and so I can overcome the world, and so can you. The Lord Jesus Christ is glorious. He's altogether lovely. He wants to have that relationship with us, but we can't have the fullness of joy. We can't have the joy of our salvation unless we take everything that He has told us by faith and apply it to our lives. And that means hating this world, hating everything about this world and not being spotted by it and walking away, turning our back on it, and living what it says in Psalm 101, and especially that second P for me, which is personal, or put a different word in there, private holiness. What's going on up here and in front of these and in here? The Lord Jesus Christ be praised.
9: I'm glad the Lord reigns. I was trying to figure out how I was going to say everything I wanted to say in a verse, and... uh, Newell handled it for me because he used my verse. <laughs> uh, I was going to start off by saying personal, intimate, seeking, you know why did the lord you know he, he healed this man from his blindness, but then, after he heard that he had been thrown out of the temple, he sought after him, and something that Angela said last night, and it was it was true with me, and it 's probably true with all of us. The doctrines of grace are fantastic. All the little points that we have been taught by our pastor and by other pastors are fantastic, and they're what God wants us to know. But God came to each one of us in a personal way, void of any doctrine, void of anything. It was just himself, personally. Right, Yes. And this whole series that John wants to get into is for that specific purpose. Personal, intimate relationship with God. Yes. I'm thankful for the comments that went before me. I wanted to be first so I could get up here, and then Newell stole my verse. But you know, Jonathan opened up by saying, talking about the temple and how there's going to be something much more glorious. And here's this blind man at the temple. He believes God. He defends God. I know this man saved me, and and you you say you know this is a strange thing on earth. Nobody's been born blind and can hear right. or can see. And you don't know who he is, but he knew who he was because Jesus Christ had changed his heart. And he was in that temple, and he was thrown out of that temple. But he was in the kingdom of God. Personal, intimate,
10: and that's what we need to have more than anything. A personal closeness to the Lord. And Hark the Herald Angels Sing, we just sang in verse, or stanza three, whatever it is. The last one, excuse me. Fix in us thy humble home. Fix in us thy humble home. We were given the opportunity to read John 14 last night. And um, along with some others, and was hard getting out of John 14. I want to do two things. I want to show you one of my favorite verses. And uh, I'm going to presume to give you one of my wife's favorite verses. But in the beginning... The Lord created heaven and earth. We learned that the Son of Righteousness created the worlds that we we know. And that was the Word. The Word made flesh. In the beginning, anyway, the Lord created the worlds. And then the Word became flesh, which is Jesus Christ. We know that. He created the worlds. Think about that. That same the Word that became flesh, Jesus Christ, He says this to you and me. He says this in John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Amen. The creator God of the universe was so personal and loved us so much that when he stopped and told us what we can do to have fellowship with him. And he tells us right here, if you love me, okay, you're talking a good game. You're saying you love me. So if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And then he tells us what the promise is with that. You'll keep my words and my father will love him. And we, his father and Jesus, will come unto him and make our abode with him. Amen. That's Thank you, Lord. Thank you, yes. Lord, that we can even do that. And he does that. Yes. And I'm thankful yes. for that. I'm thankful for that right there. And in here, one of my wife's favorite verses has always been fourteen, eighteen. Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yes. The creator God of heaven and earth is a personal God that loves us, and He'll come to us. All we have to do is do His will. Thank you, Lord, Amen. for knowing us, to letting us know how to please you and how you can come to us. Yes. Thank you for that knowledge. Yes. May Jesus Christ be praised. Yes.
6: Let's sing 110 in our Burgundy books. Joy to the world. Number
11: 110. Joy to the world, the Lord.
6: Jones, please
12: Uh, turn to Hebrews 1. Early in my conversion, I was I had heard the doctrine the church practices, and I was mulling over in my head, well, is that true or is there another doctrine? There's all kinds of doctrines out there, all kinds of churches, and one thing convinced me. That this doctrine was right, because it preached the sovereignty of God. So, out of Hebrews one three, I want two words. Yes. In Amen. the middle of that verse, it says, "By Himself." Amen. And that convinced me that this doctrine was right, because if God is really God, it would be done by Himself. Amen. Amen. And Charlie,
0: my brother, all the modern versions of the Bible, have two words missing from Hebrews 1-3. Of course. By himself. Amen. Right.
13: Uh, Continue with the personalness of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark 4, at verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the, the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. Amen. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Amen. He cares for us. And when you know the storms of our lives, the trials and the the things that cause us to be fearful, He can say unto our souls, uh, "Peace, be still." And there's a, uh, an awesome hymn called "Be Still, My Soul." Now I'm going to read the second, uh, the second verse. Uh, "Be still, my soul; the Lord, or the God, thy God, doth undertake to guide the future as He has the past." He reminds us of the previous things that He has done in our lives that have in all the previous trials that he's already brought us through and gives us uh, faith in him that he's going to bring us through the current ones. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul. The waves and winds still know, and I love this about the song. It reminds us of the scripture. And... The waves and winds still know yes. his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below. I'm always hesitant to get up here because I don't like it, but the Lord is uh, convicting and wonderful, and I hope to uh, praise him with my life first and my lips second.
14: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen.
15: All right, Brother James, so if it was for you, but it was for me, then it must have been for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to do this instead of making the rocks break forth in praise because they will for the great God that we serve and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If the book of Hebrews is considered the best place to go to to see the glory and preeminence and supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ, then Colossians chapter 1 and the first half of chapter 2 it's all of that condensed into a few verses. In the English language, when you are writing a paper there's a problem you can get run into, a grammar problem called a run-on sentence. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ has to have a run-on sentence because it doesn't know when to stop. I believe the pastor said we only get a verse or so, but I'm only going to read one sentence. Here we go. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us to meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Right. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Amen.
7: Just
15: a regular sentence couldn't hold him. Amen. Amen.
3: But thanks be to God, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's not the passage I'm actually going to speak on, but I wanted to read that. Um, You know, we've been reading, our family has been reading in the book of Revelation, and uh, my dad mentioned earlier that uh, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. We may not know what each verse in Revelation means, but one thing we can know is that the Lord Jesus Christ wins in the end. (laughs) And I don't think we've gotten to this in our family devotions yet, but... If you turn to Revelation 19, <laughs> the first half of the chapter is describing um, an angel talking to John, and in verse 10 it says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have, had, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Amen. And Let me read you a, a list that describe our Lord Jesus. And I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in white linen, in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Praise be to him.
0: Amen. Amen.
16: Turn your Bibles to um, Romans chapter 9, please. I have two verses, or two chapters of sections that I would like to share with you. I'll go fast, though. Verse 16 of Romans 9. This is my favorite verse. It's been my favorite verse ever since... uh, the pastor went over Romans nine or the entire book of Romans inside a number of years ago. Read along with me as I read this. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For this, for the scriptures. I'm sorry. Mo- moving on to verse eighteen. Sorry. Therefore hath he mer- hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Um, I love this verse, because these two verses, because it shows about the mercy of God, and that I know that the Lord has showed so much mercy on me, and I know that he has shown mercy on everyone in this room, but I'm very thankful for the mercy he's shown me right. to bore me in this church and to giving me the truth and giving me godly parents, and so I'm very thankful. Mo- please move to 1 Peter as well, chapter 1. I have the pleasure of memorizing this chapter for quizzing. I love this chapter. It's incredible. In verse 13.
14: Yes.
16: Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I hope that the Lord will help me for many years to come, that I will gird up my, the loins of my mind, that we will all do it until the Lord comes back yes. for us and that we can hope to the end of the grace of the revelation of Christ. Yes. Lord be right. praised for Amen. Amen.
6: Back in our Burgundy books, let's sing number 20. Fairest Lord Jesus. Number 20. Fairest me Zach, that's two hands with Zach. Okay, Philip, and then Chris, snap, and then we'll come back here.
17: The Apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthians, regarding the grace of giving, had this verse to write to them. First Corinthians, excuse me, Second Corinthians. I was just singing, so I wasn't prepared to get up here so fast. Thank you, Eric, for choosing me. <laughs> Second Corinthians. Chapter 9, excuse me, chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. The Lord Jesus Christ was the word of God in his divine nature. He was Jehovah God. He was the eternal God. He had all riches, glory, and honor. Yet he chose to lay aside those riches and become poor for us. He assumed the flesh of men. He who inhabited eternity was confined by time. He was in the flesh. He was weary. He was hungry. He was subjected to punishment and persecution by sinful men. And he went to the cross and took our sins upon himself and bore the chastisement and judgment of Almighty God upon himself for us. He who was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. And we who were rightfully poor, sinners, condemned, unclean, the enemies of God, He made us to be His sons, the sons of God, the brothers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who was rich became poor, that we through His poverty might be made rich. We are the sons of God, heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are rich this day, because He who was rightfully rich became poor for us. Praise be to His name.
0: Amen. Amen.
18: Everyone else has taking a bunch of verses, so I'm going to focus on one word that the Lord has convicted me over the last couple of weeks, and that's from Matthew 14. And you can, it's a story of Jesus walking on the water, and Peter, sometimes I consider myself like Peter, uh, actions before he thinks through what he's doing. He asked the Lord if it was really him to call him out in the water, and he did. But I'm going to read verse 30 and then um, Verse 31. But when Daniel saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, we have a preeminent Savior yes. who, when we call upon him, does not say, well, give me a month of good deeds. Let me think about it. Let me do this. Let me do that. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Amen.
19: Paul was a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ, probably more than the rest, or at least he said so. He labored more. He also made a statement, he said, I become all things to all men, that he might, what? Win some. The Lord Jesus Christ is everything to all those that love him and trust him at all times. I love the Gospel of John, the whole thing. When the Lord first regenerated me, that was one of the first things, I first Gospels that stuck out to me. It was tender, sweet. Yep. Uh, y'all can correct me, or you can correct my in your minds. You can talk to me about it later. I'm not going to be offended. Brother asked me at break. Charlie stole Chris's favorite verse, Hebrews 3. Chris was talking about it out there. That was his favorite verse in case he doesn't get up here by himself. He, anyway, sorry about that, Chris. The Lord Jesus Christ, uh, I believe in chapter 4, he was living waters. There was a woman at a well. She was thirsty. Yes, right. Chapter 6, you hungry? He's the bread of life. He is, chapter 8, he's declaring boldly that he was God. Before Abraham was, I am. Amen. Uh, 10, he is the door. We are the sheep. We go through him. He is the good shepherd.
0: Yes.
19: 14, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Right. 15, he is the vine. I'll skip over to Revelations. He is the bright and morning star. I am the bright and morning star. I am Alpha. I am Omega. I am the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. He is my all in all. Amen. I'm very, very thankful for this service also. I appreciate it.
11: Amen.
19: Does everyone here like peace? Does everyone here want
15: a, a parental figure to never leave them? Does everyone here want a God that's mightier than all the other gods? Does everyone here want a counselor? You can go to at all times and it will give you perfect wisdom. Does everyone everyone here want a friend that is wonderful? Let me tell you about a child that was born. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the
20: Prince of Peace.
7: Amen.
20: That's my God. Amen. Well, Philip stole my verse, so it <laughs> seems, uh, seems to be the theme. I was going to continue with, Zach, with what Zach was saying. I enjoy the names that are given, so I really, I really liked that verse, and that was a verse I was going to read. That was a prophecy. I've got a few declarations that use some of the names of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4, 12 through 16. Yes. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit into the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Right. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Yes. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I also want to read a quick passage from the end of Hebrews 6, 18 through 20. That by two immutable things yes. in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation yes. who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. I'm thankful for our forerunner.
6: Uh, Let's see, Mark Marunik, welcome to the congregation, brother. Joel, Jonah, uh, Michael, Jones, and my brother Chris, please.
21: We love Hebrews, yes we do. (laughs) Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, I'm sorry for the full plate here in three verses, but you're just going to have to take it. Uh, Verses 13 through 15 and the cherry on the top, verse 28. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, heard your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Amen. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. They which are called, that's the tasting death for every man, lest we should wander into every man on earth. Verse 28, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He is our blessed hope.
22: Jesus was made a priest after the order of Melchizedek and there's an argument made in the Bible about earthly priests and how they die and how Jesus was such a better example of a priest because he's going to live forever. Yes. And that's not the example that I wanted to to bring up. I wanted to go to something else. Um, Deuteronomy, Daniel chapter two, verse thirty four: Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon the feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, the gold broken to pieces together, and become like. That like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became great, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Down to 44. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed and the kingdom shall not be left to to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. And uh, so that made me think of Revelation 19, verses 15 through 16. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture And on his thigh, a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Why would you want to serve a king that's going to fail or lose? We serve a king that will never lose. And he's already conquered the
20: earth.
23: Amen. I'd like to read to you Psalm 110. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Yes. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the do of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Yes. The Lord at thy right hand shall strike through kings in the day of his wrath. He, he shall judge among the heathen. He shall fill the places with the dead bodies. He shall wound the heads over many countries. He shall drink of the brook in the way. Therefore shall he lift up the head. This is my favorite psalm for today. And if I had to pick a verse, I'd pick verse 7. Just the confidence that the Lord would have that he could drink while he's surrounded by enemies. And I'm very thankful for that. The Lord reigneth. Let the people tremble. Amen. Amen. Turn, if you like, to John 10. I'll be reading from verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I'm so thankful that we are his and that we will never perish. He's giving us eternal life. Um, let's follow after him this week more than we ever have.
24: Amen. I'm finding myself in an odd position. Zach, you are right. Um, Brother Charlie did take mine. The Lord saves by himself without any helpers, without cooperation, without us initiating. Uh, Zach, and then you turn around and took one of mine in John 10 and then... Uh, Michael, you got my exact verses. (laughs) But the Lord is is good. Um, John 10 again. Uh, Verse 25, Jesus answered them. These are the Jews who didn't really believe. Jesus answered them, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. These verses are true. We love these verses. These teach eternal security of uh, God's sheep, and God's sheep are known by their belief in Him and following Him. Um, But what I noticed about this uh, and like about this today is the authority with which Jesus said it. There's no doubt in this, and He's speaking very authoritatively on this subject, that those who are the Lord's sheep known by belief are eternally secure and will be with Him. Amen.
23: Please turn to Isaiah 53. But before I read that, I'm going to read Luke 22, verse 42. Jesus saith, Father, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. I'm thankful that My Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled prophecy and did his Father's will, that our sins and iniquities would be washed away. And from Isaiah 53, I'm going to read verse 11. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear the iniquities.
6: Let's sing Jerry's song now. It's 174 in our Burgundy books. Thank you for all those that participated. And I'm sorry if some had a a burning verse in their pocket they wanted to share. I would encourage you to exhort and provoke one another to love and to good works by sharing that via an email to some or all of us uh, in in the days to come. Thank you. Let's stand, stand together and sing 174 in conclusion. 174.
11: When peace like a river